0: Hey guys, you are listening to Killer Cocktails, where the drinks are stiff, but the bodies are stiffer. This is a casual true crime podcast where two friends get drunk and talk about gruesome murders. Each week we pick a different drink whose name or ingredients set the tone for our stories. Alright guys, welcome to another episode of Killer Cocktails podcast. I'm Drea. I am Jackie. And this week we are drinking the Snowball Cocktail. A listener
1: recommendation.
0: Yes. I want to shout out
1: to Romy X. R-O-M-E-Y-Y-X. I think pronouncing words and names is the <laughs> hardest thing we've ever tried. Yeah. Um...
0: But we try. We do try. <laughs> um, she hit us up on Instagram and that was her Instagram handle and she was like, You guys have to do the snowball cocktail. It's a Christmassy cocktail and it's delicious. And
1: it is Christmassy.
0: Oh, I my will agree. Gosh, and I've never heard of this cocktail. Never
1: heard of it. And never we, would have put those things together. Yeah, when we was looked, a little nervous. We looked it up and we're like, Oh, that's eggy. Drea does <laughs> not like egg. I mean, I had eggs today. I like eggs. Ugh. Dre can't do it. Can't do it. Can't do the smell. Can't do the texture. I remember there's a whole thing where I was like, you know what, Dre? We can, like, thank them for their recommendation, but, like, don't have to do it. And you were like, no. We're going to do it. The listener wanted it. The the listener.
0: (laughs) Mowage. We only have one. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, no, this cocktail is super good. Um, So what it is is um, a mixture of avocado avocat so for Avisat. a week now we've Avisat. been saying
1: advocat because it's a-d-v-o-c-a-a-t mm-hmm. we have some missing letters in there and then we were out snowshoeing and we were talking about it and someone who has a like a background in languages was are you guys trying to say avocat <laughs> and we're like yeah probably yeah so it's avocat which
0: is um a mixture of egg yolk sugar salt brandy and vanilla extract and this can be made from scratch or bought commercially. But Jackie went to go buy it at the
1: liquor store. Assuming I would just pick it up off the shelf. No. So I wandered around. First, I like to try and help myself. So I wandered around for a bit. I was like, I am not seeing it. And I also didn't know like what section it would probably be in. So then I went to the front, and this was what I will say about the liquor. So we can't just go to the grocery store to get liquor. You have to go to liquor. (laughs) Hello, Oregon. (laughs) LLCC. You have to go to an actual liquor store. Mm -hmm. They're like government-run, or the government's got their hand in it. And this was by far the seediest and most (laughs) liquor store of all the ones I've been to, because I go to different ones. There's a really nice one on the north end that, like, doesn't feel seedy yeah. and it's like new and has cool stuff. The east has like, side is real nice. Yeah,
0: but they they scoffed
1: at you, right? When you went yeah, to so it? I asked. I go, okay. Do you guys have any advocat? Because I also was saying it wrong at the time. <laughs> and they both like scrunch up their faces and look at each other and they go, "What?" And I go, "It's like a Dutch. It's kind of like eggnog, but it's not." And then this other guy who's in there shopping is just like, uh, "I'm like, he's kind of interested now in this weird booze that I'm asking for." And they go, um, all the eggnog is, like, here in front. Like, there's a Christmas display for it. And it wasn't... I mean, I just saw a bunch of different eggnogs. Yeah. I was like, mm, okay. So then, I like, go back out into my truck, and I'm, like, Googling. And it's like, oh, not easily... Like, you can't easily find it at some American liquor stores. So yeah. So like, oh, okay. From scratch it is.
0: <laughs> we had to, like, postpone the recording so we could get all the ingredients well, and make Well, because then
1: I don't... It. I've never, like... I know nothing of brandy. Yeah. And I was like, now I kind of need to like research brandy a little bit. And like, there was one I was going to get, which I'm glad I didn't get for this one. Um, cause I know you kind of like sweet stuff mm-hmm. and it had been described as a little bit sweeter. So I was like looking up brandies that cause brandy is also like expensive. Mm-hmm. And I was looking for like relatively inexpensive, but also not terrible. And I landed on this one and then I found this other review for the one that we ended up getting that was, like, it's a really great deal. Given the price, it, like, matches flavors of other ones. And the other one was going to be sweeter. So I'm glad in this crazy sweet drink that we went, didn't have an even sweeter yeah definitely. And
0: so, yeah, I, I ended up making the Advosat. I have a cat. Sure. Okay. I have a sat <laughs> from, <laughs> Dang it. Okay. So I ended up making it from scratch and it wasn't actually that hard. You just combine all those ingredients and then you put it over a stovetop and you're like slowly adding in the brandy and we'll post this recipe on our Instagram. Um, but yeah, you just kind of whisk that on very, very low heat because you don't want to evaporate that um, brandy um, until it you gets- You still want it to be boozy. You still want it to be boozy and until it gets thick and then the time consuming part is actually getting it cooled down- so I, you possibly could have this as a hotter drink, but I like it as a cold drink. So yeah, so it's the Avisat, and then it's the lemonade and we use San Pellegrino. That was in one of the recipes that we Super saw. Super good, which I have to tell you, this thing, Avisat takes so much sugar. It was like a cup and a half of sugar plus the San Pellegrino it has Our like 48 sugar. grams of sugar per can. Um, but anyways, you do equal parts of Avocat, lemonade, and then you do fresh lime juice and then you kind of stir it all mm-hmm. up. Um, don't shake it like I did because the San Pellegrino it's is carbonated. It's carbonated and it went everywhere. I, I have a hard time in the kitchen
1: yeah. <laughs> about don't spraying the walls with shit. I'm so sorry,
0: my poor roommates. Um, but yeah, this is a super like um, we did a taste test on a video which we're gonna post on Instagram mm-hmm. so you can see our first reactions to it. But mine is a little bit more lemonade-y because one of the recipes called for not equal parts, but I really
1: like Jackies'. The cream is the way to go, yeah. I think. Yeah, these are very good. They're sugar bombs. So be careful. You should not have a gajillion of these. Yeah. Don't do that. Um, So I can can understand like making a bunch of these. You have people over, Mm. you're like having a holiday party or whatever it is. Like you could like someone could do like a punch bowl of that. Oh, yeah. People will be into it. I'm into it.
0: Thank you so much again to (laughs) R-O-M-E-Y-Y-X on Instagram. Um, And if you have a drink suggestion going forward, definitely hit us Um. up. Um so back to the history of the snowball cocktail, uh, cocktail history. So in the United Kingdom, um it is often sold in both pubs and supermarkets in small bottles called splits and is usually drunk as a winter warmer.
1: The avosat av- 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 oh
0: av- um snowballs the snowballs yeah. Okay. And then it was created in the UK in the 40s, but it really took off in the 70s. Then its reputation declined somewhat as the cheapness and sweetness of the drink kind of fell out of favor. And then, however, in 2006, Chef Nagella Lawson was responsible for a forty percent rise in sales of Avosat, and the snowball was revived. Dude, and um, meanwhile, it hasn't really taken off in the United States. Mm-hmm. Uh, Americans are kind of weird with eggy drinks, yeah, and especially like combining it with lemonade. And we were weird about it. I was, yeah. I'm super glad we did this.
1: Yeah, yeah. Based on just the itemized list, we were not <laughs> super bummed. <laughs> okay, so first of all, we're drinking these Christmas drinks. I'm in my pajamas. I am in my matching pajamas. We we have matching pajamas, (laughs) which is absurd. (laughs) They're Uh, super comfy. I texted you. I was like, uh, I'm coming over in pajamas because this looks like a comfy drink. Yes. Uh, Okay. On Saturday, August 8th, 1998. Ooh. All right. 11-year-old Nikki Verstappen. I was eight. I don't want to do the math. (laughs) Because now there's like a 13 maybe. Um, Nikki Verstappen and 36 other children took a bus from Haiblom to Brunsum. They're in, uh, they're in Dutch. Where are you? <laughs> where are you? Oh my God. The Netherlands. That was embarrassing. <laughs> they're
0: so, in Dutch. <laughs> I, just, I
1: was like, where do they speak Dutch? Uh, okay, Belgium. So, what? Oh, they also speak Dutch in Belgium.
0: Yeah. Oh. Not only in the Netherlands, <laughs> it just did that Google thing where it popped it up. It just big. makes me think of Gold,
1: Gold <laughs> Member, where he, he's super obsessed with how terrible the Dutch are. Yeah, and uh, oh, the Belgium share a border with the Dutch. <laughs> All right, so eleven-year-old Nikki Verstappen and thirty-six other children, they take a bus from a place in the Netherlands to another place in the in the Netherlands, and they're going to go for summer camp. Okay. Uh, the summer camp is on, like, campgrounds. It's kind of near the German border, just to give you, like, a, a relative idea. Um, so Nikki was last seen alive sometime between 5 o'clock in the morning and 6 o'clock in the morning on August 10th. So he's only been there for, like, two days. Um, his tentmate was the one who was like, yeah, he like, I remember seeing him over in a sleeping bag, and then later in the morning, he's gone. Mm. On August 11th, Police and volunteers conduct a search for Nicky, and at 9 p.m. at night, they find his body naked from the waist up. He's uh, 1.2 kilometers or like three quarters of a mile from the camp, but he's mm. out in a pine grove. Yeah. Um, there were signs of sexual abuse. Um, but the autopsy did not determine the cause of death. And initially they didn't find any foreign DNA. Um, they found a tissue and a cigarette near the body and that did have DNA on it, and that's where they pulled, where they made their profile from. Okay. <clears throat> this dude, uh, I'm going to say, so it's J O O S. I'm going to say use. Use? I think yeah, with how, the, yeah, Y and the, G, yeah. I'm going to go use uh, Barton. He's the founder of the camp. Mm-hmm. So he's questioned extensively by police. Um, he's a former headmaster of like a local primary school in the town that's near them. And he had convictions for sexual abuse, mm. for children's, you know, child sex abuse. Um, and he admitted to being near the tent that Nikki was sleeping in at around six in the morning. Okay. So during the search, he had pointed several times in the direction of where the body was eventually discovered. Um, a 15 year old girl who had attended the teenagers who had attended the camp a few days earlier, she suspected that she had been sex, uh, sexually abused by Barton in her sleep. What? None of the camp staff were officially held as, su- as, sus- as suspects.
0: And so who's this guy? And he's just he like founded dude. the camp. Oh, he founded the camp. Oh my! You God. know, so
1: when you have uh, criminal child sex abuse, you can somehow open a children's
0: camp. Yeah, or a uh, Wonderland for children, Fantasyland.
1: <sighs> oh, I know who you're talking.
0: Yeah, about. <laughs> <laughs> I was like that. I'm not saying the name right.
1: Never Neverland. No. Oh, <laughs> that's where Peter Pan goes. Oh, no. they just called it Neverland. Neverland Ranch. Neverland Ranch. Michael Jackson uh accused never found guilty yeah i dated a guy who was invited to neverland what yeah did he go his dad was like in the industry worked for disney maybe um no his dad was like you don't need to go there yeah well i'll take you to disneyland yeah where other little to go children to go? ranch. oh isn't that fascinating yeah that's crazy uh okay so but that guy's eventually cleared he doesn't match the dna profile he's cleared of that thing that they found near the body
0: that may not have anything to do with that
1: correct body. Correct. Correct. Hmm. I'm going to need you to forget about him because it's not him. Okay. But also all signs point to him. Yeah. He seems like regardless, just, regardless, dude
0: shouldn't be running a kid's camp. Are they just going off the DNA of that cigarette and tissue?
1: Seemingly. Do they have anything else? Shoe print. All right. So a reward is set. It's offered by some, I can't pronounce a bunch of words. Uh, for information on the identity of the perpetrator. The offers doubled in 1999. So a year later, they're like, all right, let's throw it down. There's a crime reporter who becomes very invested in it. So he starts raising money for them to figure it out. Um, And then there's no more leads. So the investigation is uh, kind of the team is dissolved and it goes to new investigators, you know, fresh eyes on the cases. Um, And so that kind of happens between 2000 and 2001. So between 2001 and 2007, Um, a sex offender from Kergrade, he was in and out of police custody while a number of witnesses claimed to have seen him in and around the camp on the day. The sex offender died in August 2007. Um, So these are just like people that they've been thrown out yeah. the case has also been linked to a german serial killer martin mm. Ney. okay um he killed three boys between 1992 and 2001 so there's all sorts like there's the dude who runs the camp there's this other guy there's yeah. this serial killer they're like they're trying to find someone they're trying to find somebody and i think they're clearing everybody off of the dna or they're not in the right place or whatever it is then seven or eight letters are written by an anonymous author suggesting that they had killed nikki Verstappen, um and they were found on a monument for the boy Between 2005 and 2006, um... So they're sporadically showing up. Yeah, they're just, like, putting these letters on this monument to him. Then in January 2007, a 36-year-old man from Londgroff was arrested on suspicion of having written those letters, but he's released two weeks later. Hmm. Before being rearrested in December for vandalizing the monument. What? One month later, he's sentenced to three months imprisonment for the vandalism. Yeah. And the uh, monument was vandalized again in April 2008 and then in August 2013. So people keep messing with this monument. Why? Weird. There are so many, like, cooks in this kitchen. Yeah. Okay. So then, between December 1999 and January of 2000, 35 men take part in a DNA test. I think they just offer it up or some sort of deal is made so that they'll give it. Um, None of those samples match the DNA found at the scene. Then in 2010, so now we've added a bunch of years to technology and all that, they find foreign DNA on Verstappen's body. So now they have DNA that wasn't just on a cigarette, wasn't on a tissue. They found it on his body. They found it on his clothes. So it, did they do like a whole swab I think, of the I th- body? I think they and... just went, yeah, back okay. through the body. Or they had tested it and created all these samples. Yeah. And now they have, they can use trace amounts, whereas yeah, yeah. before they couldn't go off trace. That's, I'm just, I'm assuming that. Um. Cause at this point he's, he's been dead for yeah. years. So then, uh, police take DNA samples from 80 more men. So they've already got these 35. Now they're adding 80 to it. Are these like suspects? Or are they putting an ad on the paper? I'm going to assume these are suspects or they're guys with criminal cases. It doesn't, right. nothing I read specified where they came from. They just start rattling off all these numbers. And they,
0: they probably kind of like relate to the game. Like we were like getting a whole, a collection of DNA and fingerprints from criminals yeah. So they don't have that database yet. Correct. Okay.
1: Well, and people don't necessarily want... It's just whether you've gone to prison and have all yeah, that yeah. stuff in there. Okay. So then in November of 2010, the remains of Hugh Spartan, so the camp founder, mm-hmm. who we were both like, dude did it. Yeah. He says he's near the tent. He keeps pointing to where the body's found. Like all the signs are pointing up. They exhume... So he dies in 2003. Okay. So now in 2010, they exhume his body... They test his DNA. DNA said it is not a match. Da! You are not the father. <laughs> you are not the father. I was in, okay,
0: because we have a blood sample. Okay, I was thinking non secretor, but that's oh, semen. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. I don't know what sample. We have not specified. I'm, I'm guessing you're not.
0: But now we're in 2010. Valerie. I think we know about <laughs> non
1: secretors now. Yeah. So in January 2018, January 2018, what? This year. It was announced that 21,500 men in the Limburg province would be asked to give samples of their DNA. Okay. So they're essentially saying, hey town, we want it all. Yeah. You look guilty as hell if you won't give it to us. Which is like major privacy issues. Because some people are like, I just don't want you government who can't be trusted with certain things to have my shit. Yeah. And we, they know for a fact it was a, a male suspect. Perhaps given what they found, they know it's a man. Okay would be my guess okay don't know um then so this dna screening program takes place between february of this year and june of this year what a total of fifteen thousand samples are collected the largest number in dutch history the man hours behind that so part of what they're because it takes forever to get dna processed part of what they're telling everybody is even if you didn't do it you didn't murder anybody so you feel like we don't need your dna Rat on your relatives. Yeah. With your DNA. Yes. So they've got all these people giving their DNA. On August 22nd, so this summer, on August 22nd, it's announced that DNA samples from relatives of a 55-year-old man with a history of abusing children, who is also known to have been near the scene of the crime around the time that it took place, he's a match. (gasps) Is he alive? So... There's this 55-year-old dude. They get a match, like a relative match. Like, they're like, okay, we think it's him. So then they go and they find his house, which he hasn't been in in like four months. And then they match it to his pajamas. Hey! Um. And then, so now they know he's a straight up match. Is pajamas your connection to the cocktail? No. Oh. <laughs> Dutch. Oh, Dutch. Got It's, it. it's a You're Dutch, a, yeah. I, I was sad as a Dutch. <laughs> I went Dutch. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so... <laughs> Uh, so now they know it's this 55-year-old dude, but he hasn't been in this... Like, he's gone. Weird. Like, he, like, left the kettle on the counter? And... No, but he's not there. Okay. Hasn't okay. been there for a while. Um, So they had actually... Four months earlier? So was that kind of when they were getting all the DNA from everybody? Yeah, probably. Okay. and he it's, Like, it's starting to heat up. So he um, had police at the time, like, when, in 1998, when they're, like, trying to find people, they talked to him, like, three times. They had his oh. name, but this is one of those things where, like... It's a wide net. They talked to yeah. a bunch of people. He was believed to just be a passerby. But he lived really close to uh, where the crime took place. So um, the DNA of a close relative showed enough similarities with the 1998 sample to flag him as a potential suspect. They go and eventually they eventually do the one-to-one match. He's formally reported missing in April. He was a former scout leader mm. and a playgroup leader. No. His name is Joseph or Yas. uh. It's B-R-E-C-H. I'm going to say Breck, probably. Dutch authorities uh, put him on Interpol's list of the continent's most wanted fugitives. Good. So, like, his face is out there. They're like, we need to find this dude. We're pretty damn positive that he... Is the guy. That he's the guy. Um... So, he's eventually found near a kind of commune, is how they describe it, outside of a village. It's like 30 miles north of Barcelona. This is in Spain. Yeah. so good thing it, like, went out to all of Europe. Yeah. Reportedly, he was out collecting firewood when they got him. So, a Dutch had... Yeah. So, uh, someone who... Like, a Dutch national was visiting this isolated wooded area, and he happened to recognize him from police photographs. What?
0: That's awesome.
1: So uh, the witness had spoken to him on several occasions, and he had kind of specific information, so they felt pretty confident based on this guy calling in. They're like, let's go down there. Let's check it out. Um, Dutch media reported that Breck had been living partly under canvas and partly in an abandoned building on the site near this commune. He's a survival expert, (gasps) and he's used to living for extended periods in the wild. (sighs) So this guy Johan Mies, he's a fellow like a bushcraft enthusiast, so I'm guessing like small plane. Yeah. Um, he knew him well and he had, so this is in France, so this is not over by the commune. Um, he had found his laptop in a cabin that was, that Breck had used earlier that, so there's this cabin that he's living in before he runs away to Spain. Mm-hmm. And this guy, Johan said that he had opened up his, uh, laptop <sighs> no. and that there were several online searches for deserted villages in Spain. So that was also uh... part of them being like, okay, that's probably, uh, correct. So the police locate him. They arrest him in Spain on August 26th. He's extradited to the Netherlands on September 6th. Yeah. And his trial began on December <gasps> 12th. No way. What? Yeah. Dude, that is crazy. His family had said, like, that he told them this was this year, I think um like yeah i'm gonna head out to this like mountainous region in france you guys won't be able to get a hold of me i'm gonna be hard to get yeah email responses from and And stuff and like all of that's lining up with yeah all the dna and when you say family you mean like extended family like he wasn't married i don't didn't read anywhere that he was married okay um yeah, I would think, like, siblings or yeah. cousins or whatever. Do they think, like, this is was his only crime? Do they think this
0: is just the one this that... This is all so fresh, I do not know. <gasps> oh, dude, I'll be interested to, like, keep up with
1: the yeah. trial and everything. That's a fresh one. They it's didn't... crazy.
0: They had to go to Spain. And yeah, that
1: one so when... in 1999?
0: 1998, 1998 is
1: yeah. when, the, when the murder happened. So then you wonder, are there any other crimes before that? Yeah. Or since or... then? Yeah. So yeah. was this his first... And then he's kind of in the wind and gets better at hiding it. Is he like, oh, shoot, the heat is on? like, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. And to live in the same area for that long and to
0: know that you did that to that family and to that boy. And yeah, dude, that was a good case. Here we go. Keep, yeah. Keep up with that case and let's keep up with the details. Yeah. Yeah. Use, use Breck. Use Breck. All right. So yeah, I guess we'll take a short break and refresh our drinks and come back. There we go. All right, guys, we're back from our break. Uh, We made another cocktail. Um, We went a little college on ourselves and it was perfectly proportioned. And then we're like, why don't we? Because we had our
1: our first drink. Delicious. Yeah.
0: And then we made the second one. Well, it's because we were like, we should put more brandy in it, even though the Avocet already has brandy. Let's put. And what I will say is like, as the poorer, Mm -hmm. very little. Very little. Not even a shot. I think it's just proportionally, it was perfect. It,
1: yeah, because it was blended into the avosat, And then now... It, it's still tasty. It's just it's still good. You can taste the booze. Like, calm down, guys. Make it the way you're supposed to. Yeah. We learned our lesson.
0: If you're going to want, you know, do shots on the side or something, if you want a little bit more booze. Ugh. Um But yeah. Oh, I was going to do a quick little tip, pro tip for everyone. Um, when you're doing the avosat recipe, um, you are going to be whisking over very low flames for a good 15 minutes, I want to say. Really? Constant whisking, and you're going to think you're never going to get it thick, and you're just going to keep going, and then you're going to let your boyfriend or significant other take over for a while, because you're (laughs) bored, (laughs) and then they're going to be like, I think it's thick, and you're going to come back over, and you're like, oh my god, it is, and then you're going to be done. (laughs) And that's how you make it. And there's your pro tip. All right. (laughs) And it could be a friend. It doesn't even have to be a significant other that helps you out. somebody else (laughs) who's willing to stir. Yeah. Or if you're really good, if you're (laughs) amidextrous. (laughs) yeah if you're that um you can do both
1: hands (laughs) you wanted to tell our listeners about the brandy that we uh okay so the brandy we have is it's paul mason so i looked up a bunch of So i found i think uh an uprocks article that was like a bunch of brandies under 30 bucks and why each one's good in its own way this is what i was saying earlier is i found one that had like really good recommendations that I was gonna go with but it's described as sweeter. I got the sense from some of these where there were ones that were good mixing bases mm-hmm. and then there were others that because I guess people sip on brandy. Okay. And so I wanted one that because we weren't gonna use the whole bottle for this recipe, we we're only gonna use a little bit, one that maybe we'd be able to sip later just because both of us are so unfamiliar with brandy. I oh. wanted one that was both a good mixer and decent for sipping, which is why I yeah. ended up with this Paul Mason brandy. I think it. I
0: think it was a good call. I think it was very delicious in the first cocktail, and you can definitely taste the brandy in the second one. <laughs> yeah, but I don't know that I could describe the taste of brandy. I mean, do you want to open up the bottle and take a swig? No, I don't want to. <laughs> okay, we'll do that for another time. Um. Okay. So, are you ready for my murder? I am ready for your murder. Perfect. Okay, I'm going to tell you about Douglas Leo Beamish. Douglas
1: Leo Beamish. Mm Mm-hmm. You ready? Yeah, my brain went to a Sega CD game. Okay. Called (laughs) called The Adventures of Willie Beamish. Oh, there you go. Great game, but not a murderer. Not a murderer. Or murdered. Murdered?
0: We don't know. I don't know yet. All right. Take me on this path. Come with me, Jackie. (laughs) We're going to go to the left. Um, Okay, so in 1994 shirley dugay who had lived on the prince edward island in canada disappeared we're in canada we're in canada what's her name give me a short version of it shirley shirley okay okay she was a mother of five children three of which were fathered by her strange common law husband douglas beamish who she had been on and off again for with for 12 years so i think you kind of figured out
1: he seems like bad news
0: yeah um, and then in case you don't know, cause I kind of had to look it up, but I guess now it makes sense. Common law marriages are you, um, you put in cons- enough time now. Yeah. Married. Yeah. You consider it valid, but you haven't been formally recorded by the government yeah. or religious entity. or let's
1: say you finally split up and then everyone, then they're like, well, you don't, I don't owe you anything. Cause we were never married. And everyone's like, yeah, but you spent 10 years together. So you still owe them half. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, so Douglas had been living at his parents' house for the last two years of their separation. Oh. So, Shirley disappears, and Douglas contacts the police to report her missing, and he says that she probably just took off and abandoned her kids.
1: Probably. Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: four days later, her car is found a few miles from her home. What part of Canada are we? Uh, we are... Oh, we're on this little island called the Prince Edward Island off of Canada. I'm not sure west okay. or east. Here, I'll quickly look it up. How about that?
1: Yeah. do 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 Wow, I need to know if it's wow. like Newfoundland side mom, or if
0: it's the I'm a new I'm a goofy newfie. <laughs> Do you know that? I don't know what that means. I'm from <laughs> Newfoundland or like my ancestors... So my grandfather lived there with my grandma and like before like my grandma mom and she like lives here now. But yeah, she got paid to have kids up there and she like worked wor- and like yeah. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Alright, Prince Edward Island. Enhance. Enhance <laughs> Wait. Dehance hands yes. <laughs> okay so yeah we are kind of over by goofy noofy. so there's canada and oh it is on the east very far east past quebec yeah city it's like f- north of nova scotia yeah and to the far right of maine yeah
1: whoa so that's where we're at have you ever seen the documentary i've talked we've talked about this uh dear zachary who dear zachary's oh a documentary yeah. have you seen it I don't know. I'm bad with names. I can't say anything about it. I'll spoil
0: it. It's very sad. Hmm. I don't usually watch sad things unless it's true crime. It is true crime. Oh, is it?
1: Yeah. I don't know. Well, if <laughs> anyone used, to, like, you'll be dehydrated. You will cry so hard. I think you've told me about <laughs> it because I remember you saying that part.
0: Yeah. And I have not watched it. Okay. But I should watch it. If you feel like you're ready one day. I'm not today. We live no. in the high desert. I'm very parched today. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely need to drink some water. Um, okay. So back to Shirley, um, a car was found by her home. Mm-hmm. Uh, blood spatters were found on the inside of the car and tests concluded that they belonged to Shirley and it was her car that was found. Her car's found. There's blood inside. It's her blood. Yeah. The cops immediately suspect Douglas because the relationship has That's always,
1: the, they always go there first. Yeah.
0: Um, so they suspect him because their relationship was always a roller coaster of mm-hmm. emotions, and he had a prison record, and he had been known to be physically abusive in other relationships. Okay. So not necessarily with, with Shirley, her, but, but yeah. He, okay. And on the night Shirley vanished, neighbors said that they heard the couple having a screaming match. Okay. Um, but during an interview, Douglas insisted he had no idea where she was. Despite their suspicions, investigators had nothing to link him to her disappearance. Okay um then a clue was found in the woods nearby a clue a clue (laughs) have you seen the movie clue not in a very long time but it has three different endings it's so much fun and with the dvd you could pick random or you could pick which one or you could just have all three at the end that's real cool all right so finds a clue in the woods that's how we got there all right so then a clue was found in the woods nearby but what's the clue why are you calling it a clue because it's they're all clues. I know, like, we never evidence, say that. Evidence, I know.
1: I'm more intrigued <laughs> because you're calling it a clue. All right. I need like Scooby in the gang. <laughs>
0: Scrooge snacks Okay, so they find a bag containing a pair of men's sneakers and a leather jacket. Both were stained with Shirley's blood. What a terrible way to get rid of evidence. Yeah. I mean, don't give hints, but that is a bad way to give Um Okay, so the shoes. They're the same size that Douglas is wear, wears. The soles have been worn uh, out in the same way that he walks. And. Colination, yes. Yes. We don't know. And we don't know. Um, but it was not enough evidence to arrest him.
1: Well, because they can't prove that bag of shit's his.
0: Mm hmm. Even though the shoot, yeah. Okay, so investigators also found 20 white hairs embedded in the jacket See, lining. white hair? We're going to find out. So they were like, boom, now we have the evidence we need DNA. Husky dog. But when the police analyzed the hairs, they turned out to be from a cat. Oh. Yes,
1: I was thought maybe he was a werewolf. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes, Jacqueline, you figured it out. <laughs> this was the first werewolf case. Werewolf. A werewolf. <laughs> My neighbor growing up called wolves. wolves. Woofs. Woofs. Woof woofs. Then the big bad wolf came. <laughs> oh, no. Um, okay, so police inspector Roger Savay decided he would order a DNA analysis of the cat hairs in a t- an attempt to provide convincing evidence that the murderer was the owner of the cat. I see. I get where it sets up. Yeah. Um, which Douglas happened to own a white cat named... Snowball. Snowball Ding 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 ding. I think da, you beat da, me da, on da, tie da, da, this da, week.
1: hell yeah I did. Every week. <laughs> <laughs> no. No, I've beaten you. I had double murder on Irish coffees. I had it, Irish and the name. You coffee. had double match. Yeah. Yeah, not double murder. Yeah, double <laughs> match on the murder <laughs> theme. Okay, there you go. That's what we're arguing yeah, over Yeah, yeah. I beat you last week. Alright. You beat me this week. <laughs> We're even,
0: <laughs> for now, until I win again. <laughs> okay. So, but when Roger called DNA testing labs, he said that they had no idea what um, he was talking about. No one had ever gotten DNA forensic evidence from a domestic animal, and no one was willing to try.
1: Why aren't they willing to try?
0: It's unheard of. Yeah, but everything's
1: unheard of till you do it.
0: Oh, yeah. Um, so not only was using DNA from an animal unheard of, but using DNA from humans in a murder investigation was also relatively new. What year are we? Uh, we are in uh, 1994. Um, OJ's
1: going on, please. Canada!
0: All right, so DNA evidence, super new, and the first genetic fingerprint conviction had just happened seven years earlier in Britain. So
1: it's... All right. It's new, new... It's that new, new, and I, yeah, and like OJ, that's part of it. Was yeah. you got this stuff, you got right. it. Um, so
0: there's my OJ tie talking about <laughs> DNA in the '90s. Um, so Roger had a hard time convincing anyone to help him until he found Doctor Stephen O'Brien, who was a Genesis a geneticist. Yeah, yeah. With the U.S. National Cancer Institute, Doctor Stephen was also among the world's foremost authorities on. Feline DNA. Get
1: out of here. He specializes in cancer and feline DNA. Yeah, he's got a lot of time on his hands. He just likes cats.
0: Who doesn't? Look at him. Some people ain't into cats. (laughs) Um so they team up and Roger gets a subpoena to draw um a blood sample from Snowball. He then hand delivers, aka he actually personally flies evidence to dr steven uh because he didn't want the chain of evidence to be corrupted so he's like
1: "Mm -mm -mm, i finally got this dna he's like people are gonna have a hard enough time with this cat dna Mm -hmm. i don't need them to have other reasons to have a hard time with it. yeah yeah i want there to be no no
0: doubt in anyone's mind that this is the dna from the cat and it hasn't been contaminated Um, So one of the hairs had a tiny amount of flesh attached to the roots, which they held the cat, uh, which held the cat DNA. This is a
1: blood DNA sample, right? mm -hmm.
0: So scientists were able to develop a fail safe method of randomly testing 20 other cats from the isolated Prince Edward Island in oh. order to establish the the degree of genetic diversity among cats in the area. Okay. And this was to rule out the possibility that the hairs found in the jacket came from a close relative of Snowball, or if all the cats on the island had a common ancestor, um, which would render the DNA test useless.
1: Which... It can be that way with cats in certain areas. Yeah.
0: And the crazy thing is, this would not have worked anywhere else. You needed an isolated island. It's an island. It's an island.
1: So That's it's- probably why this DNA cat guy was so into it. He was like, dude, it's an island. It's perfect. I'm a scientist. Yeah, I'm in.
0: <laughs> um, so once these tests were done, it was concluded that Snowball's blood had the same genetic print. Scientists oh. estimated that the chance of another cat having that same profile was about 45 million to one. Oh. So analysis of Snowball's DNA was completed before the most important piece of evidence or clue was found <laughs> on May 6, 1955, uh, sorry, 1995. <laughs> you, We're not going back went in time. Back in time. <laughs> so on May 6, 1995, a trout fisherman found a shallow grave about 10 miles from where the car was found. Shirley's body was inside. Wow. Her hands had been tied behind her back, and she had been beaten in the head with such force that a tooth was propelled into one of her lungs. Ugh. Yeah. Ugh. So police arrested Douglas and charged him with first-degree murder. Do we know if he murdered her at the
1: house and then transported her, and that's the blood in
0: the car? Um, we, I never came across that. Okay. It was more so, I'll I'll get into it, but it was kind of a backseat to what's about to happen. Okay. So evidence at his eight week long trial included a letter in which Douglas had threatened to kill Shirley with his signature, apparently written in blood Mhm. and a testimony what? from an old girlfriend who described how he once horribly beat her.
1: He, hold on this letter. He sent a letter to Shirley that he signed in his own blood saying, I'm going to murder you. Mhm. Which was probably years before it happened or a couple months, you know,
0: he, yeah, that's weird. Yeah. I mean, he, he's a killer. Yeah. Um. So, so
1: we have... right now in my head. Yeah. He's an asshole, mm-hmm. and he beats women, mm-hmm. and he got really mad at her and beat her to death. Yeah. So not like a serial killer murderer and like in the in that kind of yeah, way. Yeah. But second degree, but in a doesn't seem to care about human life. In a yeah okay yeah.
0: Um. So we have all that evidence going on, but Snowball is actually the star witness of the trial.
1: Meow. <laughs> Thank you, Snowball. <laughs>
0: and here's Snowball. Snowball, please place your paw onto the Bible. <laughs> meow, 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 meow. <laughs> so, Dr. Stephen O'Brien had to prove to the jury that the microsatellites from the jacket hair represented a unique genetic signature. What are microsatellites, you ask? I'll let you know, Jackie. I had the, I didn't, I tried not to interrupt all the time, but I had the thought in my (laughs) head. So microsatellites, um, which it is said like that. Okay. I just imagine little satellites. Anywho. Okay. So they're actually a tract of repetitive DNA in which certain DNA motifs are repeated, typically five to 50 times. Microsatellites occur at the thousands of, occur at thousands of locations within an organism's genome. So they're essentially like a serial number. Okay. So they're like, they're your own little fingerprint inside. So, um, so Dr. Stephen O'Brien then showed the jury how the microsatellite genotyping from the hair sample matched Snowball's blood sample. So 10 microsatellite loci and 17, um, alleles all matched up. Okay. So everything is essentially hanging by a hair. Cat hair. Oh my (laughs)
1: God. That is, you have many different types of laughs. And that is the I'm so proud of myself. Laugh. <laughs> oh,
0: it's good. Okay, so defense attorney um, McDougal, borrowing a page from the O.J. Simpson trial, what mm-hmm. twice in one episode, <laughs> um, said, "Without the cat, the case falls flat."
1: Oh. Or as in,
0: oh. or as in the O.J. Simpson case, they said, "If the glove doesn't fit, you, you must, must acquit." Quit and so he's essentially just trying to discredit the cat DNA from yeah. the evidence. Um, but yeah, I thought you'd get a kick out I do of that. Get a kick out of that. <laughs> Johnny Cochran did. Um, so the jury ended up believing the evidence submitted by Doctor Stephen O'Brien, and they found Douglas guilty of second degree murder, um, which again is intentionally killing uh, but not premeditated. Did, yeah yeah?
1: Did they bring in any sort of scientist to refute what? Not that, I, cat guy's not that i not that read because being on that jury i would want to believe the cat stuff so mm-hmm. badly i would be so tickled by that science <laughs> but i would also be like i need i need Re-fru- someone else other than this cat man to tell me their opinion yeah
0: when i was reading uh this because i actually dr stephen o'brien actually wrote a book which i'll talk about later mm-hmm. and i read a chapter about snowball in yeah. it and he went into so much detail like he like he had diagrams he had things up like he explained the basic science of it all and then went into what the sample was and then what d- snowballs was like he did such a great job in making sure all the bases were covered in this case um so douglas is guilty of second degree murder he was sentenced to 18 years to life on july 19 1996 july nineteenth, nineteen 1996 yeah uh, the case did not receive much attention until April the following year when Dr. Stephen O'Brien and co- colleagues Victor David and Marlon Minotti Raymond published a brief description of their work in the scientific journal Nature. And then everyone's like, What? Uh, all the scientists. Yeah. Uh, the press had a field day with the puns for this case. Oh, for
1: sure. Saying,
0: Perfect match. Oh, my God. Catastrophe for <sighs> criminals and forensic evidence. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. okay so the case uh-huh. set a legal precedent the first time non-human dna had been used as evidence in a murder trial yeah a hair blood and even urine from dogs and cats have now helped solve several violent crimes in canada and the u.s britain and the u.s now have cat and dog dna databases
1: that seems silly
0: why no, no, no. Okay, in one case, Cat Hairs helped convict David Hitler for the murder of his neighbor, David Guy, whose dismembered corpse was found wrapped in a curtain on a beach. Hairs on Guy's torso matched those of Hitler's pet, Tinker. Boom.
1: Yeah, I get testing, Uh, you know, animals in the vicinity. Like, the database, I don't know what the database tells me. What do you mean? I don't know. Animals don't live
0: very long. But it's still good. It's still helping crime. It's just, what's a terabyte cost nowadays, Jackie? It doesn't cost that much to keep this database going. All right. It's helping find murders. You know, yep. I'm into it. Um. Okay. So, if you want to know more about this trial and the science behind it, check out that book I was talking about by Dr. St- uh, Stephen O'Brien. Okay. And it's called Tears of the Cheetah, The Genetic Secrets of Our Animal Ancestors. And if you want to know this case specifically, chapter yeah. called "Snowball's Chance: Genomic Paw prints and it's super good.
1: Snowball's Chance. Uh huh. Cheetahs. Um, cheetahs have a. There's. I'll bet this is an interesting book, and I'm gonna go out on a ledge here, mm-hmm. limb. What I'll sure. say this that cheetahs. There's interesting genotyping with them. Oh, really? Yeah. There. I remember hearing or reading that. Uh, they don't have a lot of um... genetic differences. Yeah. Or... Okay. And it's a major problem for them. And that's part of why there's oh. so much energy going into breeding them. Yeah. Because they don't really want to breed in captivity. And it's hard. And there's an issue with cheetahs. Interesting. Cheetahs might go out within our lifetimes, oh. which is why out there's a sanctuary out near Roseburg. Oh, I didn't know that's that. It's like a foremost. Cheetahs, Cheetah, yeah. Oh wow! And when you're like, because you there's they have a bunch of other animals, uh-huh. but when you go by like there's parts where you can see cheetahs, and then there's also like the love den where cheetahs are just supposed to be like, yeah,
0: no, being romantic. <laughs> <laughs> Sended candles lit yeah. constantly. No, I'll just have to look into that. That's really interesting. Yeah. Um. But yeah, his book, uh, Dr. Stephen O'Brien, his book is super readable. And it's like, it had me laughing. It, oh, yeah, cool. it had me, because he brought in the O.J. Simpson thing. He was talking about All that. Right. And it's it's really, obviously, it's from his perspective. Just a fun little read. Yeah. And I want to say the other chapters are about other cases that yeah. he helped on. Sounds good. Um, and if you're wondering about good old Snowball, Snowball is, um, well, you know what? Snowball probably isn't still around, but at the time, <laughs> it was, it <laughs> could have been from a really old article. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no, Snowball. Because uh, that was 1996. Yeah. If Snowball is still around, or at the time, Snowball was
1: still with Douglas's parents. Got it. But Snowball? Wasn't that the name of the Simpsons cat? I don't and know. Then, I never watched and that. Then they have like Snowball 1, Snowball 2. Like they just kept naming their cat Snowball. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. All right. Well, that was the case of Douglas Leo
0: Beamish. I really liked it. Wasn't that good? It had a really fun little. The first twist. time, yeah, cat DNA, any I animal DNA. I not know anything DNA. about that. Yeah interesting there you are and that's been another episode of killer cocktails um definitely uh send in your drink request uh we like to match up drinks and true crime yeah and
1: we'll give you a shout out thanks for tuning into this week's episode of killer cocktails as always on our talent was jackie andrea Uh, Be sure to check out our Instagram, at Killer Cocktails Podcast, or stop by our website, KillerCocktailsPodcast.com, for up-to-date information, photos, contests, and more. Our logo was created by Michelle Firm, whose amazing art can be found at MichelleFirmDesign.com. Use coupon code KillerCocktails, that's one word, for 15% off your entire order. Our music was created by Nikolai Heidlas, and we'll be back next week on Hashtag Murder Mondays. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay so i, I like think it. one of the things that would be beneficial if we can remember okay when we're like laughing laughing if we can just turn away like just don't laugh into the we're microphone like, ha, ha, ha. just like that <laughs> <laughs> i can tell already you are going to be incapable of this <laughs>
0: <laughs> Jesus. Oh. Okay.